Hello world and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer and you're listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it and always some education along the way. Good morning world, Shelley Shearer here and welcome to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast about not living in regret. And with that opening line, I have an offer for you today. It has been my uh, intention over the past two weeks to put this out there. I'm a little late getting it done. I apologize. But at the end of this podcast, I would like to offer you a 30-minute free coaching session. All you have to do is contact me via email at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. I may, if anything that you've listened to, if you're a regular listener, you must be coming back for a reason. There must be something in my message that resonates with you, something in my experience or that has happened Perhaps you're in my demographic, perhaps you're not, perhaps you're just starting out and you're gaining from my wisdom. Maybe you just like listening to my podcast so you can laugh at me. It's all good. I don't care why you listen. I'm just grateful that you do. But if you feel there's something that you've always wanted to ask me and you feel that I could expand upon and help you in your life, I would like you to know that during the month of January, I would like to be able to offer you this complimentary 30-minute coaching session. Now, the best thing to do is to think about what you would like me to help you with. And I've got to be honest, I'm very open to a number of topics of conversations. If you listen to my podcast regularly, maybe there's something about your food and lifestyle and health that you are just really looking for some help with. And if that's the case, I hold a certificate in nutrition and weight loss management, happy to help with there. Or maybe it's just business or personal development. Whatever that may be, send me an email. And in the email, please put what you'd like to discuss. Now, my areas of expertise are obviously health and nutrition, lifestyle coaching, and finances. Those things I have formal education in. Maybe you just want to chat. Maybe there's something you've heard in my podcast that you would like to discuss. Maybe you have questions. It does not matter. You can reach me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. All one word, no underscores, no no dividers, livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to get that scheduled in for you between now and the end of February. I will be, ta- I'll be going to have to schedule these out uh, depending on the response. All right, so what are we going to talk about today? Today I was reading Awaken to the World Around You. And I just thought this was so appropriate to the fact that I needed to put this out there as well. The universe is right outside your door and it is waiting to help. I am a firm believer in this. I believe, although long before it was taught to me as the law of attraction, I actually believed in that because I also believe in the power of prayer, but not everyone believes as I do, but I still believe that we are energetic beings. The world we live in is energetically charged and what you put out there comes back. What you foster, the old Indian saying, there's two wolves that live inside you, the good and the bad, which one conquers? The one you feed. That is true in every, every part of life. And I've really noticed it the last two weeks. Now, this is what happened to me. I got a little hand slap today from a new client. I have taken on a large project in my accounting business. And I've got to say that I am on the fence about it because I would really like to put my focus more into my health and wellness business. I'm always, I've always got a couple things on the go. I'm a Gemini, as I've mentioned, I always find that I have this need on one hand to do 
to help and assist and deal in my gifts of knowledge. And on the other hand, I'm very logical and I'm very kind of black and white and my numbers business sort of appeals to that side of me. I always find a little bit like my health and wellness business is a little bit like my days in, in sales and marketing. It's, you know, customer to customer or business to B2B, business to business, which is kind of a technical way of just saying, I just kind of like to get with people and help them. Well, I've been wondering if I've taken on this new client because I'm trying to avoid moving forward in areas of my other business or whether this project is what I needed to have sort of a base. Because when we talk about uh, getting on with your life and living your dreams, we are not talking about walking into your job and quitting with no game plan. Okay. There are times, uh, my coach, Sam Crowley, that does the Everyday a Saturday podcast, he uses a term fire, uh, no, get ready, fire, aim. <laughs> now, my other coach, Colin Sprake, talks about aim, fire. And he talks about how people get so caught up on the aiming that they never pull the trigger. They never get started. And I actually tweeted today, if, you follow my, if you're a follower of me on Twitter, I do not tweet a lot, just so you know. It's sort of a once a week or when something inspires me, okay? So if you do love to, uh, like to follow me, which I'd appreciate, it's livingwell8. Uh, it's my ha handle on, um, on Twitter. You can find the eight running through a lot of my names, livingwell, livingwell8. You'll always find me on some platform with one of those other uh, acronyms or livingwell with shell. I try and stick to those three things, to be perfectly honest. So if you are searching for me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, that's how you're going to find me. Snapchat, that sort of thing. I posted today that action always trumps knowledge. And for my U.S. listeners, that was not a play on your inaugural day today. I'm sorry. It is simply a matter that all the knowledge and preparation and perfection in the world means nothing if you do not go out into the marketplace and apply it. Now, I am definitely a bit of a perfectionist. I've worked my whole life on dealing with that, finding coping mechanisms, finding ways to let it go. But at the same token, the other part of my personality, the crazy part, if you've been following me since the beginning of my podcast, you will know that my first few podcasts were a little hyperactive. And that's because that side of my personality that I am trying to smooth. I never want to diminish it. It's, it's who I am. It is my joy and love and life and my energy that attracts a lot of people into my life. And if I all of a sudden just shut that all off, well, I would just be alone on an island or living in my little house and not talking to anybody. So we don't want to shut those parts of our personality off. We just want to find out how they are benefiting us and how they are positively impacting our life. Now, for me, that little bit of spaz was me ready, fire, aim. Okay. I wanted to podcast. Granted, I took a quick course when I realized my self-teaching was taking way too much time. I dropped a thousand bucks, got it done, got the technical stuff all trained and went, went, to, went to work, bought a, bought a mic and went to work. And that's how I look at this is I enjoy my podcasting, but it's still, this is it. I have committed to this. It's a job. I, I came to work. So I'm here at work for you today. Now, that doesn't mean that I stop learning to aim. That's why I have a coach. Okay. But there's lots of times in life where I've put things into action without a lot of thought. Is that the best way to go? No, it's a fabulous learning experience. So boy, if you want to get, uh, experience under your belt as quickly as possible, then I, I highly suggest that mode of, uh, of operation because you will, you will learn fast. A uh, little segue, when I was younger, like very young in my very early twenties, and I was 40 at the age of 16 on the outside. Okay. 
I was very mature and very responsible when I wasn't being a spaz. Uh, those moments were few and far between, but I definitely had that side to me. A few friends saw it, but out in the professional marketplace, I was always trying to be older and wiser and, and uh, look the part. You know what? It was an image thing. Some of it was just a lot of trauma in my younger years, and so I learned to put on a professional front. I learned to maybe not sh overly share all the time, and image was very important because it hid what was going on inside of me. So Dr. Bradley, uh, someone that I am a big proponent of for healing, he talks about the heart wall. You know what? My clothing was like a heart wall for my body. It was this image that I could put out there, dressed professionally, always matching, because remember, this is the 80s and 90s people. The whole world was preaching superwoman that us women could do it, have it all, have a home, a huge home, have children, have a career, uh, look after our elderly parents and not have a nervous breakdown. Ah, bold face lie. I'm glad all the gurus of the 80s and 90s have retired because that is just bogus advice and completely not true, okay? Focus on what you love. You cannot really do it all. Multitasking actually has now been proven that when people multitask, which I was the queen of, the queen of, we do everything about 17 to 19% less efficient, or less than everybody else because we become a jack of all trades, a master of none. And that's what my dad actually used to call me. It was so funny. Uh, he used to use that term when I was younger. And I was like, I actually didn't think it was an insult. It was like, yeah, I could do it. But actually it was. I never truly honed one thing. Now later in life, and quite quickly, I did. Uh, especially with my accounting. That came into practice by 26, 27. I was self-employed, opened my business. I've been in business, you know, going on 27 years or six years whatever it is. And, uh, and I did, I became a professional in that arena, even to the point where I decided going further in my accounting wasn't where I wanted to be. I got into taxation, loathed it. I went back to school for it, kind of like third year CGA and went, Ugh, no, thank you. I'm making $45 an hour back then or $35 an hour back then. And, uh, and supporting my son on my own, I didn't need to go do, learn something that I absolutely loathe doing because I had a good career doing my bookkeeping. Because I brought management with it, a bit of sales and marketing background, and it was I, I found a niche with a certain type of under $2 million companies that, that needed a part-time like financial manager. So I definitely found my niche in, 20, in the 20 years that I was out and about in the workforce uh, with my business back then. But what I did when I was very young, my 19 to 21 years, for instance, before I had my son, and even for a couple of years after, but right there on that, those kind of years of went to college, did my first year sciences, took on 17 million things again with the multitasking and burnt myself out. So I never went back to university. I was supposed to be going to university for a physical therapy degree. I never made it past my first year in sciences. Really unfortunate. Luckily, I had learned my accounting skills in high school. I, I went to high school in a new innovative school that was brand new when I was 12 years of age. I actually went there in grade seven because the school was half empty. And we had uh, what's it, trades and accounting and business school was one of them. It doesn't exist very often nowadays and I think that needs to come back. And I think I've spoken on this once before. We, you know, we had a boat building. Back then we even had boat building because we were, we're talking about the late 70s. And shipbuilding was a huge industry in British Columbia. We're a coastal uh, province and a coastal city and that was still a big thing here. 
Then we had automotive, and I worked and did a course in the uh, graphic arts division, which I actually learned to you know, use a darkroom and a printing press and all that fun stuff. And I had a client that did that later. So it was really neat. All the little things that I kind of took an interest in high school, my little jack-of-all-trades, they served me very well in my accounting business later because I had all sorts of clients. I had clients that ran machine shops and clients that did graphic arts and clients that ran um, stores, automotive stores all over a clothing manufacturer all over the map and i had a little knowledge in all those industries and it really helps when you're doing the books and in someone's business that you have a clue what they're doing within their own within their own expertise so i know i've got a little bit off in a segue here but what i did when i was in my early 20s after i had dropped out of university or didn't go back and uh here's a little story for you i know my segues i'm sorry my father made me take my car off the road for three months till I could pay off my MasterCard. So at 18 or 17 or 18 years of age, I got my very first MasterCard. I still have that MasterCard today. <laughs> it is actually still in my maiden name. One of these days, I guess I should change it. So it's still in Shelley Price. And I had got a balance on it of $500 because I wasn't working and wasn't going to school and I had racked it up a little bit and he found out about it. So I had to take my car off the road until I paid it off. Then, uh, probably the same year, he made me, when my car was back on the road, he made me do my resumes and he made me go out every single day because I was living at home. Now, this is something that's very much changed in today's generation and not for the better. So if you're a parent that's allowing this, please do listen. If you want your children to accomplish, quit treating them like all these comedy shows do the millennials, okay? You do not pick your grown children up from school. You do not let them live at home for free. Uh, you do not go to work while they do nothing. Okay, that is not how life works because all you're doing is creating the next generation of uselessness. Now, my father made me go out every day for a month and hand out resumes. I went to every um, industrial park, you know, where there's little, those little buildings that have, you know, unit one, two, three, four, five, and hit that poor little receptionist making minimum wage at the front desk with a resume. And I did that for a month or two until someone called me back and needed a, needed a, uh, not a reset. What did they need? I guess they needed a little someone to do data entry. It wasn't even bookkeeping back then, just data entry. But I had, I had that knowledge. It was manual. It wasn't even on a computer. So these were the things that I had. These were consequences of my action. I got a debt on my credit card at 19. My dad said the card doesn't leave the driveway until that's paid off. So I had to go, I had to take the bus and I actually bust all the way downtown Vancouver and was working in a nail salon. Yes, someone that I met when I was doing uh, dancing in the nightclubs at 17, 18. It was breakdancing back then, by the way. Prince was huge. Um, <laughs> Earth, Wind & Fire, that sort of thing. A lot of Motown R&B in my life, even though, yes, I am a middle-aged white woman. Um, we, uh, Sorry, I'm having a laugh about that. I would take this bus that went right past our acreage because we were already living on the 20 acres at that point, and I graduated high school all the way downtown Vancouver, right downtown to work in Gloria something. I can't remember even her last name, her hair salon to do nails. One of the girls that I used to go to the clubs with, it was a little older. She taught me how to do acrylic nails uh, all myself and then allowed me to come and work there. So I wor worked down there for minimum wage and tips and managed to pay off this credit card and get my car back. And then the, the uh, thing happened with the resumes. And then I got my first job in an office. And basically, you know, it just went forward from there. Well, by the time I was in my early 20s, I realized that this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess I would term it the, I wanted to be in the city. I didn't want to be in an office that was in an industrial park 
where you really, I did dress for work, but I could have just shown up in jeans and a sweatshirt because it was dirty. Everything was dirty. We had a shipping facility out the back. I just didn't like that. I'm a bit of a princess. No point lying about it. So I went to a temporary agency, did my testing. I could type really well as well. And they started temping me on executive floors. Well, let me tell you how fast you learn, how humiliated you usually are because you are so far below what they need. But I dressed well and I spoke well. Two very important things out in the business world. You need to be authentic, but back then it wasn't, authentic, authenticity wasn't as important as it is in 2016. I can tell you it wasn't. But still, I still believe in the principles. You can be authentic and still put on a good professional face to the world, whatever that may look like for you. My son works in a mine site, for instance. He is a manager, so he still knows not to go to work in grubbies. His jeans or khakis are clean. He's always got a collared golf shirt on, and he's got to wear boots and things on the mine site. There's just certain laws for, for safety reasons. But he is not in dirty ripped t-shirts and old jeans with holes in the knees and that haven't been washed in days. You just can't do that, okay? So if you're looking for more in your life, there are kind of some games, if you want to call it that, that just you need to learn the rules. And you need to play them. You need to you need to play the game a little bit. And image is a big part of that. Back then, my image wasn't really aligned with who I was as a person, but it probably was to the depth of my knowledge of myself. I wasn't as aware of myself back then. And uh, and anyway, so let's move on past that. So I wanted to do this. Well, I got onto executive floors. Let me tell you, the experience I gained was invaluable. I was in jobs way above my pay grade and knowledge. Uh, but basically, when someone's just off sick or on a vacation, they really are just looking for someone that's polite, well-dressed, and can maybe type a few letters and answer the phones. They're not really looking for me to do all the jobs that that person maybe that left does on a regular basis. So I got very fortunate. Now, from there, I did get sent into two different jobs right into after I had my son, and it was in my mid-20s before I became self-employed at 26, 27, that were full-time jobs that I was in for like six months and a year at a time for maternity leaves. And boy, one of them was at a mortgage company. You want to talk about the scum of the earth and people that are all living surface, that, those are the types of industries you need to go work in. It's like working in the stock market. These boys were, the, were just slime balls, really. Trouser snakes, extraordinaire. But I worked with this lovely young lady and my favorite boss of all time, and they mentored me. The job was, was more than my skill set could handle, but they taught me and I learned and I did the best I could there. So by 26 years of age, I was ready, which is still very young. When I look at my nieces and nephews and my own son, to think of them being having running a company and starting a company like Genesis Financial at 27 years of age, I'd be like, what? Well, kids, I, I think you need to, you know, maybe take a course or I don't know what I, how I would truly advise. I think it would be up to the, the person that I'd be coaching. But yes, I was. I had a mother of a five-year-old. I was a mother of a five-year-old and decided it was I would start this business and away I went and I never looked back. It started with one small client uh, while I was going through a terrible emotional breakup and physical uh, abuse with an ex-fiance. Police were involved, counseling was involved, it was, uh, it was all quite a bit of a nightmare and, uh, and I really it was sink or swim time. So I was able to kind of start with a couple of clients that, that I gathered, one when I was with him, then when we separated and I wasn't working full time, I was panicking. I went out into the marketplace, put an ad in the paper, and people responded, and it, I never looked back from there, okay? Not sure what got me right, way off onto that uh, tangent, but I started with the world around you is, is standing there waiting to fulfill your needs. So maybe that's where that story just, I hope it resonates with you. 
the universe stood up and answered my question. And I've got to tell you, when that fiance and I were full on separating, when after the abuse and the police and everything else happened, actually, that's not true. The first time he hit me, I ended up staying with him after all. The police weren't involved that time. I actually went to social services looking to see what my options were. And they started me uh, going to look at basement suites and places to live because my parents wouldn't take me back at this point. They had just like, nope, this is your bed, you lie in it. I had had a mobile home on their 20 acres. My son, I spoke on it a few days ago, has just been kicked out of it. Uh, but that's where he's been living the last couple of years, getting his start in life. And I wasn't welcome back there, okay? So I was on my own. I had left a, a, a beautiful place that they had bought me just two years earlier, unfortunately, and hooked up with this uh, man that was I thought was wonderful. Talk about images not being aligned with who he was as a person. And now they're like, no, you made this bed, you go lie in it. So I went off looking at basement suites and things that were subsidized by the government for single mothers, and they were just rat holes. Oh my goodness. They were just awful. And it was actually a huge catalyst for me to say, I'm not living like this. That is when the business idea got started and I started taking on clients. Now, in the end, I did stay with that man for one more year till another whole scene happened a year later. And that's when the break was fully made and I went off and, and my parents did come back and help me out. They helped me buy a townhouse and, uh, and I raised my son and, and life is where we are now today. I received a lot of help. I'm very fortunate. But these sorts of hardships or sometimes epiphanies happen usually in huge times of uh, stress and trauma. Or when we look at something and we're uncomfortable enough to say, I, I just need to move off this spot. Well, let me tell you, those disgusting basin suites and a man that hit me were uncomfortable enough to get me out of my, out of my lull. I kind of got into a lull. And he made really good money. He was a, a really highly paid all over the world pro, uh, computer programmer. And he wasn't one of those super geeks. He was a man that dressed really well. So we, we appealed to each other. We matched. We were actually that golden couple. We matched. Our image to the world was just professional. And we both had a gift of hospitality, very much like my, hus my current husband does as well. But this fiance, unfortunately, ha had a very strong anger issue and abuse in his past. And it, when things got rough, that came out. Those types of places in your life are what change our course. They set us on new paths. So I can look back on it and I spent a lot of years looking back in regret and agony and defeat, but that's not how you should look at those situations. If you want to learn, you've, mistakes are made and pain is part of the process. And that's a little bit probably where I'm going with, with where I am in my life now. I know at 51 years of age with all my experiences, I have a lot to offer the world. I've just experienced things that younger people haven't experienced yet. Or maybe you're looking to start something in your life and you haven't gone through some of my experiences. And I encourage you as a person, share your experiences with other people as well. Maybe there's someone at work you could or should be mentoring or a child in your neighborhood or someone in your family. I once moved uh, down to my parents' property. When, when I, I went back to that mobile home many, many years later when Ryan was a teenager for two reasons or a couple of reasons. I put a renter in my, in my town home. My father comes from a line of men that don't live past the age of 60. He is the first one. My dad is 76, just turned 76 last Friday. That is the longest any man in the Price family has lived in a couple of generations. They tend to die off very young. He is the only one alive. Both his brothers have already passed away. His father died uh, by 60 or 63, I think. My grandfather died. 
I barely knew him and I only knew him once he had hardening of the arteries which is very much like dementia Alzheimer's he didn't know where he was he was confused all the time oxygen and stuff doesn't get to the brain properly so it's kind of like dealing with the same sort of illness and that's really all I remember of him is him being in our home and bathing in his underwear and weird stuff when I was a child until he just became so much work that uh, he had to go into a home I never knew my grandmother Price at all she had already died within a year she saw me being apparently she saw me and it was passed away by the time I was two my other grandparents on my mom's side a huge part of my life oh my goodness taught me how to water ski like they lived a block away from us they they were just I just hope that I am the grandparents that to my granddaughter that they were to me okay I got off on a little tangent there with talking about what were we talking about <laughs> waking to the world around you right gotta keep me you gotta drag me back on track some days okay I'm back I got it it was talking <laughs> wow Shelly it was talking about um why I moved back to the property well my father was getting up there okay secondly my niece my sister's eldest daughter who is a literal emotional mini me she's 510 mind you and I'm five foot nothing uh but so physically she actually looks like me except in the height and stuff we're very similar and we're very similar in personality her and her mother fought constantly it's a just like my mother and I do it was just constant 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 drama and issues and I wanted to be closer to her I thought could I is there help I could offer here so I wanted my son near my father to have some sort of relationship with them because I had no man in my life and I knew my father wasn't going to live forever so the renters had moved out of my mobile home and I snuck back on the property with no one's permission yes I did do that my parents were down south for their three months and it was spring and I just moved into the mobile home with no one's permission technically it's my mobile home but uh, I didn't uh, yeah because I knew they would say no and my sister was really bitter about it for a long time didn't speak to me for a couple of weeks because the property was hers at that point she was young and quite immature and and uh, had a young family and and the property was hers and I was now coming back coming home again and infringing on what she considered her rights and her space so I caused a lot of drama by this move but I wanted to be closer to my niece and I wanted my son to know my father and I wanted just a little bit of um, family I was missing my family a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that had gone on for a lot of years my family and I have never been super close we go through phases and actually from that situation my sister and brother-in-law and later my husband because I met Keith while I lived down there we became very good friends and had a really strong social life together and mended a lot of fences while I was there so that was a really good thing as well so I made a decision to move based on the needs of two children do you have places in your life that you can help like that because these are the things that give our lives meaning and when you're helping others you are less focused on your own misery and your own issues so think about that but think about the fact that the world is out there and it's waiting to help but you have to be open and perhaps you need a little coaching or you need a little mentoring yourself or perhaps you can offer that to someone else it's really hard to say so here's what the uh, book says today let the universe bring you all the healing you need let the universe bring you alive awaken to the world around you and you'll awaken to yourself and I truly believe that I really really do it is so easy in this day and age especially in North America or on the west coast of North America where costs of living are so high and we get on these treadmills 
I talked about this with the other day, and I'm going to do a podcast on minimal, minimalism after I watched the movie. Because we've just had this huge issue at Christmas with my son getting kicked out of his house. And now what do we do with all this stuff? And we don't really have the room to take him fully on into, into our lives right now. And my mother just really couldn't handle his stuff going to their vacation home in Penticton. She just, she just is not mentally prepared to give up any sort of control. So we just really had to look at things and say, okay, what can our pe people in our lives handle? What do we do with all this stuff? It's just stuff. Okay. My mom's attached to her stuff in Penticton and uh, I don't have the room here and he's living in another country. You have to make decisions. Sometimes you just have to let go. All right. All right, so that's all I have to say today. There'll be a podcast on stuff. I think that's just something that we need to talk about. I think I need to talk about it because I am very attached to stuff. No two ways about it. Back to my, my offer. Descent, all of the month of January, if you email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com, tell me who you are, your name and number, give me an idea of what you'd like to talk about so that I can give some thought and meditation to that on your behalf, and give me three times that you have some time opening. I need three possibilities for a coaching call. Now, please remember that I'm on the west coast of Vancouver, Canada, Pacific Standard Time. And I will be booking right into February because we are going down to Scottsdale from February 4th to the 11th. There will be house sitters. If anyone's listening to this thinking you can case my house, I do have people living here because I have animals. <laughs> um, but I am going down to visit friends for the Super Bowl. We do this every year. And stay in their beautiful home and enjoy their hospitality. So I can book into the last two weeks of February and I can book into any time next week. So livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. It is the January offer. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you liked best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.